All right, Lord's healing me as we talk. Okay, so we got all that. I'm gonna pray. I need prayer. I'm gonna pray for me. I don't know what you guys are gonna do. Okay. Holy Spirit, thank you that you're here. Thank you, Lord, you feel heaven and earth. Thank you, Lord, for the absolutely amazing transcendent realm of victory. We thank you that the enemy is a cockroach. And we thank you, Lord, that you have made an open spectacle. I thank you, Lord, the condition is being in Christ. The condition is being ascended in heavenly places. The, the condition is oneness and connection. We just thank you, Lord. We thank you that heaven is full of laughter and power and victory and joy. Lord, we just thank you for infusing that uh, in us today. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay. So what I want to do is I just want to start with a, a bit of a story. <sighs> and uh, and um, yeah, I, I watched a movie last night with my daughter and on a historic event. And it's quite amazing because we don't actually, it was a, a, a movie directed by Christopher Nolan and Quite often, is it, it's not what happens, it's how people interpret what takes place. And it's the movie Dunkirk. Who's seen the movie Dunkirk? It's a historic event, but we need to know the story behind the story because we're in interesting times. And I want to be part of the generation that breaks the book of Judges cycle. God blesses, and then God's people forget him. And they forget him and they get, uh, get caught into idolatry. So they start loving things or the blessing of God more than the Lord himself. Idolatry get, starts to lead people into the slippery slope of sin. And then when God's people engage in sin and darkness, instead of being the light and the salt, then they open up portals of hell, portals of darkness. When portals of darkness manifest, it can manifest a number of ways, but it usually comes through the form of other people, i.e. invading armies oppressors, etc. Uh, cruel government. I think that, 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 that personally, right now, Australia is being led by the nose down a pathway of being under tyrannical government. I really, really believe that. And, and, and so, but, but that manifests as if, if people are asleep and they don't understand that, please wake up, talk to the Holy Spirit, hang out with Jesus, read your Bible. But it's, it, it, and then what would happen is oppression comes and then in, in, in oppression, is they cry it to the Lord. Now, this is a funny saying. I'm not, this is not a biblical saying, but it has a resonance to it, right? Because people are really good at crying out to God in crisis. This is why so many people get saved in prison. The prison ministry is powerful. Just ask Joseph. Just ask Paul. He set up his own choir. It rocked the world, you know? A man or a woman is only as faithful as their options. <laughs> when your options are cut back, you're like, yeah, you know? But he's faithful, even if we are faithless. We have to break that cycle because we don't want to just call upon the Lord when we're in, in, in crises. It's so much deeper than that. I want to see that broken in this generation. So for those who don't understand, Dunkirk is you actually have, is the, um, the, the, you had the Blitzkrieg in World War II where uh, Germany, if you had, I think if you combined England and Poland and France, I think they had more, firepower than uh, the Germans. But the Germans were so coordinated, so organized, so strategically on, on point is they did the Blitzkrieg and they just invaded countries and took over so quickly. And so 200,000 British troops uh, uh, were sent um, across the channel to France and there was a massive uh, strategic blunder 
is they thought they had everything covered, but the Germans actually invaded through, I think, the Ardennes, uh, 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 a dense forest. And so, and so it was, it was, it, <laughs> it was, it was impenetrable, it, it, they thought, and they were completely exposed. Then you had approximately 350 allied forces stuck in one small place called Dunkirk on the beach. They had to abandon their tanks. They had to abandon their armaments and they're on the beach waiting evacuation. Meanwhile, you've got uh, the Luftwaffe, the, the, the German planes bombing them, shooting them, taking them out. And you had, you had multitudes of German soldiers marching on this small concentrated place where all the Allied troops are. It is, a, it is a general's dream to have all the enemy concentrated in one spot. And we're talking, we're talking desperate times. So Winston Churchill, he, uh, uh, we're talking like if Dunk, if, <laughs> the war would have been over. So they actually sent that they sent a cry of help to, to the whole nation for civilian boats to go and pick up these 350 soldiers. And at best, Winston Churchill thought they could retrieve 20 to 30,000 from 350,000. So I wanna give you a little bit of a background to this. I'm gonna read just some of the things I've been looking at because I watched, the, watched it last night and the Lord felt impressed on me to share this this morning. Life on the home front was nothing compared to life in action. The radio was listened to endlessly and it was obvious that the situation was getting desperate. So it was so bad that King George VI called a national day of prayer on May the 24th, 1940, when our troops were marooned at Dunkirk. The very long queue at Westminster Abbey was replicated in every church in the nation. Chapel after chapel was filled in the land. Millions went to pray. The king also broadcast the nation, urging his people to turn back to God in a spirit of repentance and asked for divine help. Two events immediately followed. Actually, there's more than that because as soon as the nation engaged in prayer, the German tanks and the army were 10 miles away from Dunkirk and they just stopped for three days. This is, this is incredible. When you start to see, um, now I can technically say this is in my father's lifetime because he was born the year before and there's one degree of separation. But when you think that you're talking like what people would consider the apocalypse, consider the end of the world, you know, and that the Antichrist had a very, very small moustache. <laughs> they never really came back, did they? Maybe Robert Mugabe, that's about it. So anyway, so <laughs> they never came back. <laughs> what was he thinking? <laughs> anyway, they just stopped. And then after that, right after that, <laughs> a storm arose over Dunkirk so rough that it grounded the Luftwaffe and who were killing the soldiers on the beach. Then a great calm set it on the channel, allowing all those little boats. They rescued 338,000 Allied troops, 300, because of prayer. And so usually the English, the English Channel was very choppy and stormy. It was like a mill pond. So when they prayed, firstly, the, 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 the angel of the Lord stopped the troops. This is incredible. Stop the troops. And then you have, uh, uh, um, then they had incredible cloud cover 
The Germans didn't even know there was an evacuation going on. I mean, this is, this is the pillar of cloud. This is the Lord. So I, I, just, I just so moved. And, and then, uh, uh, um, and then it, it, it is one of my most vivid memories as a child of people streaming along the roads and the pavements of, of a certain road in England. All Saints Church was packed with people sitting and standing, coming out. The churchyard too was full to the bursting. As a family, we attended all the seven days of prayer that were called sometimes without my, my father who was away in a reserved occupation. On June 9th, there was a day of thanksgiving. The second day of national prayer was on August 11th, 1940, when the Battle of Britain began. The skies over Hertford were covered with little spitfire uh, planes and hurricanes uh, f uh, flying the south coast. There were further calls for prayer in 1941, two more in September 1942. The final call was in the spring of 1944, immediately before D-Day, the D-Day landing in Normandy, when again the rough sea became calm. Amazing. The war in Europe began to end. Seven times the number of spiritual perfection, the king and parliament called the whole nation to prayer, and seven times the nation turned out and filled the churches, including many who had never, ever been in a church. Each time God answered by a miracle of deliverance. It is no less important now that we must uh, concentrate on prayer, uh, the realm of the spirit, and, and what's happening for our nation. Who thinks that's an amazing story? Amazing. But I want people to, uh, it's important that, that these testimonies are passed down generationally because there's a lot of things happening in the world at the moment. Most of all, incredible lies. Incredible lies. Well, you could even call them true lies, I suppose, like the old movie. But what we have is God never puts us in a situation without the means to overcome or the way to overcome. Otherwise, he would be unjust. And so, so I, I, I'm just very, very moved that, that we cannot be in a place where we just are faithful to God in crises. We need to be stewarding their airwaves in the heavenly places constantly, constantly. Otherwise, we're gonna be like the book of Judges. God delivers and blesses and then we become unfaithful because we've only got one go at this, one lifetime. We, what I believe is that we can turn around the deep, deep tissue, deep marrow identity of Australia in one generation. I believe we can turn around in one generation. And it's got nothing to do with the absolute messed up woke ideology that's being peddled everywhere. It's, it's absolutely, that, that, that's completely, it's, it, it acts like it's virtue signaling. Uh, political correctness, the best way I've heard it described is it's fascism with manners, okay? So you can, you can look those, those words up. Yep, I know manners, I know. Who knows what they are? Um, they're a blast from the past. So I just wanted to, I, I, I wanted to, to, for us to be able to break that cycle. But, but what happens, even crying out to God in crisis only is still an orphan spirit. It's still an orphan spirit. You know that one of the names, old school, right? Uh, <laughs> Um, names for Christians in Australia is a God botherer. Who's ever heard of the term God botherer? Yeah, sort of like God doesn't want to be bothered in sort of like, dear Lord, I am but a worm, you know. That, that, that's how it's painted. We could completely have messed it up. And, and so we have to break that, that, that. That's what we've been preaching on or teaching this series on ascension and the invisible realms of God. 
And, and, and what I want to do is I want to go a little bit deeper. Who's here Tuesday night? Who's here Tuesday night? I want to continue on that pathway because if you can understand this, it'll change your life. It'll change your life. Now, uh, uh, um, I'm gonna, there's going to be some overlap because repetition can bring revelation. Um, but, but what I want to start with is this, is that uh, God uses leaders because people quite often can't see God, they need to follow a leader. Paul says, imitate me as I imitate Christ. But that's the same in general society as a rule. I think that paradigm can be broken because it says we are all kings and priests, okay? And there's a priesthood of all believers. But so for example, you go, all right, financially, uh, wow, this, this quite elderly gentleman now, uh, uh, I use the word very loosely, um, gentleman, but Warren Buffett, and basically, he's a multi-multi-billionaire. And he's had humble beginnings and he, and he has very, very good insight in the stock market. So it's, it, would, it would behoove people to go, how did he acquire wealth? What did that look like? Because you're never gonna acquire wealth through a wage. You will not. You need to understand the principles of money, the principles of investment, you know, uh, uh, what to do with the stock market. I tell you what, these days, you could do worse. You could do worse. If you wanna know, when you, if you wanna know where the stock market is going, just look to see where all the US Congress invest and withdraw their money from. You wanna see where Nancy Pelosi, or sorry, Paul Pelosi puts his money, right? I don't know why, I don't know why. And then they just seem to withdraw it as just before everything plummets. Very interesting, isn't it? So, so and, and, and then you go, oh, how do we do crusades in Africa? Why don't we have a look at Reinhard Bonnke? I think he'd have a, a thing or two to say about, about what it is to organize mass crusades. What about wisdom? I think Solomon would be an interesting guy to talk to. Interesting because he didn't have wisdom for himself, but he did have wisdom to govern. He had wisdom to govern. You know, he, he, he summed things up because you wanna be someone who's at the cutting edge of something. You go, okay, I'll follow in their wake. They know something. Uh, um, Solomon says, fear God and keep his word. At the end of everything, uh, uh, everything in the natural under the sun without God is futile. It's futile, right? He, he, he got the opportunity to try and satisfy his life with pleasure, right? Some of you guys go, I wish I had that opportunity. No, but he, he was given that opportunity, limitless funds, limitless everything, and he just said, it's a waste of time. It's a waste of time. This is the conclusion. Fear God and keep his word because everything in the natural realm is futility. So what I wanna start with today is someone who knew about, he knew stuff. I wanna talk about a guy who knew some stuff. This guy who knew some stuff wrote a third of the New Testament. That's a, that's a, that's a big contribution. <laughs> a third! I mean, like, you know, it wasn't sort of like, you know, he wrote, you know, uh, 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 you know half a dozen, uh, you know, minor prophet type books. We're talking, we're talking, this guy, was, Apostle Paul was a genius. Even with different running mates. You know, Barnabas and Silas and others, John Mark, see you later, alligator, you know, whatever, is that even with different running mates, this guy knew God to the point he could turn the world upside down. You got like a, he wouldn't have, you know, people going in front, even, even, even um, Charles Finney had an intercessor going before him weeks before he would do any campaigns. Paul would just go in and just rip that band-aid off right to the center of everything, but you know, bringing the gospel. He, he, he's doing, he even did an, a, a, almost an intellectual presentation of the gospel to rulers and they said, you almost persuaded me to become a Christian, right? He was a witness brought, uh, brought before great people 
And so what you've got is this incredible intellectual who had everything going for him in the natural. Remember this, that God chose to manifest through the world the kingdom of God through one man called Abraham. In you, all the families of the earth will be blessed and you will become a great nation. That's Israel. So to Israel, oracles of God were committed, the covenants, uh, uh, the wisdom, uh, um, all, all the, the, the great things of heaven were committed to a nation. So Israel was the center of the world. So when David was prophesied over, well, busted, I suppose, by the prophet Nathan, he said, I gave you the known world. And if that was not enough, I would have given you much more. So in that system, in the center of God's will and covenant and manifest kingdom on the earth, they even had provision for people to get converted. They're called proselytes. They were actually like meant to go out and be a light to the world, but they chose not to. They built a religion and a culture around it instead. So Paul was at the very, very top of that. And yet, in spite of how he was raised, he knew something about eternity and the invisible world. I'll just get louder, don't worry. Okay. Hallelujah. All right. Let's try. Let, let, let's, let, let's just see if, if we want to ask Warren Buffett about money, if we want to about Solomon about wisdom and, and Reinhard Bonke about crusades in Africa. Well, let's see what Paul's on about. Even though he had everything going for him. Let's look at Philippians chapter three. Though I might have confidence in the natural, in the flesh, if anyone else thinks he may have confidence in the flesh, I more so. Circumcised the eighth day according to the law of the stock of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of the Hebrews. Good luck out arguing, uh, arguing Paul. Good luck, right? Concerning the law, a Pharisee. Concerning zeal, persecuting the church. Concerning the righteousness which is in the law, blameless. But what things were gained to me, these I have counted loss for Christ. Yet indeed I also count all things loss for the excellence of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss, the loss of all things and count them as rubbish that I may gain Christ and be found in Christ, not having my own righteousness, which is from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness which is from God by faith. That I may know Jesus, all right, and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being conformed to his death. So here we have Paul had everything, and then he saw too much in the realm of the Spirit. And he said, I have abandoned everything that I may know Jesus. Here's our issue. We've got to use that as a clue and engineer our pursuit from someone who knows. Because you go, we, we instantly think people who are religious or people who live monastically, people who don't have a big impact on society per se, very niche area, right? But where he's actually here, he's, he's going, I've, I've, I've lost everything, I've lost everything, right? It actually says that the apostles are scum of the earth is they are sent ones, they are delegates from heaven, they're ambassadors. And Paul said, here's the most important thing. Here's the most important thing, that I would know the Lord. And so what we do is we hear what Paul says and rather use it as a serious heads up, buy these stocks, sell those stocks now. 
What we do, we go, uh-huh. And then we, what, we bring Jesus back down to our limited filter. We bring him down to that limited filter. Okay. So. Hmm. <laughs> okay. Okay. So. <laughs> I was saying that you got, you got John and James who were fishermen and, and they were pretty rugged. But you know what? Like, sons of thunder, sons of thunder. Like, you know, that wasn't an a, 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 a incorrectly designated title. But then we find there's always power behind the throne. And then what we, what we find out later is James and John got their mummy got their mummy to approach the Lord. Mummy, <laughs> can you please ask that we may sit on either side of the Lord in his resurrection, mummy? They sent their mum. I couldn't think of anything more embarrassing. You go, you couldn't ask me yourself? You sent your mum. That's what happened. <laughs> They're waiting back somewhere like, how'd you go? He saw right through it. <laughs> He said, you're gonna be a servant. That's not what we wanted. All right. And then John progressed from being a son of thunder and a mummy's boy, and he became the self-designated disciple whom Jesus loved. But then you got, <laughs> you've got, so what you have is then you got your Mount of Transfiguration. I mean, wow, right? You wanna, you wanna know about all the stuff in the Mount of Transfiguration is um, you read Second uh, Peter chapter one. And so about the morning star. And, and then what happens is like, oh my gosh, but they still sort of didn't quite get it because they thought they could do three tabernacles, uh, 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 <laughs> Moses, Elijah, and Jesus, you know. But then after that, he, John sees him resurrected. Sees Jesus resurrected, that, that's next level. I mean, if you try and, I do have a vivid imagination. You, you watch the Lord crucified. And then, you know, Everything's a bit quiet for about three days. And you, you, you know, cheer up, Charlie. You know, you're, you're afraid of the Romans, you're afraid of the Pharisees. What's gonna happen to us? And he kept saying he's gonna ra be raised, you know. And it's like, eh, it's never happened before, you know. <laughs> you think of John the Baptist, he saw Jesus, he goes, behold the Lamb of God that saw, the, behold the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. And they're like, he saw, he saw it all. And, and, and Jesus is none greater born among women. You know, John the Baptist baptised Jesus in the water, audible voice of the Father. I think I was corrected the other day in one of my classes, but that's the first time that you could hear the audible voice of God over a nation since the law. Because this is my beloved son, whom I'm well, well pleased. And John the Baptist did that. But even when he was in prison and going, um, just double checking, um, can, you, can you ask him if he is the one? <laughs> so everyone has their moments. But then you have, you've seen Jesus resurrected, incredible. But then what happens is that I was in the, then John goes, I was in the spirit of the Lord's day. I was in the timeless dimension of the seventh day. I was in the timeless spirit dimension of what God would call the seventh day, the Lord's day, where there is no time. And I heard a voice of a trumpet and I turned around 
and, 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 and I saw one in the midst of seven golden lampstands and he has eyes as white as wool, his, his, eyes are flat, uh, his hair is white, eyes, is, eyes are white as wool, sort of like, that's blind, that's blind Bartimaeus. All right, that's a lot. Okay, oops, uh, I'm in trouble. Okay. I'm glad I stopped myself. Otherwise, we would have thought the resurrected Lord was a blind ginger. That would have been, that would have been. I'm stopping. <laughs> okay. Head flame of fire. All right, so. Oh my gosh. Hey, hang on, I'm just going to go and have, do some confessional. Hang on. Honest mistake, honest mistake. Okay. And you saw the Lord. And. <laughs> I told you I'm in trouble. Uh, oh, the ghost. Oh. You've been hanging out with someone that you know is the Lord and do the miracles and then you see him resurrected and then you see him ascended and you see him glorified and his eyes were a flame of fire. His hair was as white as wool. His feet were as burnished bronze out of his mouth came a sharp two-edged sword. And you go, this is a game changer. This is a game changer. And he started to, because what the, what the Lord does is that he, he helps us understand things by limiting himself to earthly forms so we can relate to it from parables all the way through. We, still, we got a description of the living creatures, but we don't really know, really know. I mean, we could put those four paintings in a row and go, that's it. No, it's not. Is it, is it, is the Lord relates to us through earthly forms, but I'll tell you what, there are forms in the universe, multiverse, we have no idea about. We're talking about the, the, the risen King of glory. And so we went after the other night, because I, I want to keep driving home the true pathway to true ascension, the, the realm of the invisible. Yes, there is the mountain of the Lord, Zion. Yes, there are trees of life, Jesus being the tree of life, uh, uh, the Lord being our rock, the mountain. But there are also mountains and there are rivers, but there is the river of life and so on and so forth. You've got the new Jerusalem and so on and so forth. And you've got this invisible dimension where we are commanded to set our affection for these invisible dimensions. And they're not just invisible, they are transcendent and superior to anything we can conceive in the natural world. We are, it says, it says cultivate affection, set your affection, your focus on things above where you're life is actually hidden however we need to get even more accurate around it because it becomes an abstraction it becomes a something where sort of like I, I'm, I'm just always going after the invisible it actually looks like something so this is what we're going to drill down on and so the pathway what we're going to do is I'm going to work the word almost on a linear fashion similar to Tuesday night but this is what I've learned is that unless God shows me I know nothing I can read a scripture and unless it gets quickened to me, 
So this is my, this is what I, this is what I hope. This is what I believe. As I say the word, the light starts to go on. Because I'll tell you what, right now, we have to break book of Judges cycles where we're just sort of like live at ease, be at ease with God marginalized, not front and center. The whole point is heaven and earth to merge. That's why we have the Lord's Prayer. That's why constantly everything in the Bible is fashioned up, fashioned after heaven so we can see the two dimensions merge. That's why it says any two or more agree touching something on earth, it's done in heaven. That's why it says any two or more gathered together in the name of Jesus, he is there in the midst. That's why he says, you know, there's something about the joy of the Lord. It's connected to holiness. It says you've loved righteousness and hated lawlessness. Therefore, the Lord has anointed you with the oil of gladness more than your companions because he wants those two dimensions to merge together it's not sort of one day, one day, one day. He's calling us, us to uh, engage it straight away. But first we have to start with a word because God is light. We are sons of light. We are to walk in the light. We are the light of the world and we are to put on the armour of light. So what it says about God's word, it's Psalm 119, verse 130. It says, the entrance of your words give light. It gives understanding to the simple. So <laughs> ask for more light. Okay, she say, Lord, I need, I need your light. Right, your word, the entrance of your word. This is why I, I can't, I have to live in the word. I'm in a place now where I don't have to, oh, I better read the Bible. I can't live without the word. I can't live without the word. I love God's word. I've actually, it says in uh, uh, um, Hebrews chapter six, it says, tasting the good word of God. It says, taste and see that the Lord is good. So it's not just rote learning and memorizing like times tables. You've got the times table over here. 12, 12 is 144,000. Oops, uh, right? And then over here, we've, we've got the word. So I've just memorized it. It actually, when you, when you hold the word, it actually opens up and brings light from, a, from the dimension of light, from the father of lights in whom there's no shadow of variation of turning. So, so, that's really, really important. So this is a foundational reality, uh, Romans 8, that we create, okay? This is what the Word of God says. For I'm persuaded, this is the Apostle Paul, he knew a thing or two. Uh, uh, um, I am persuaded that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. So you have here, is you got... You go, yeah, no, I don't feel separated from God. I feel him a bit. You know what? We should be feeling God in a realm of fullness. In a realm of, this is what he promises. So we've got to see what he promises. He, he, he says, you should be experiencing me in fullness. Not in, I understand new believers, but when you've got people who've been saved for, in the Lord for, for a long time and they still struggle to feel the Lord, it is not God creating the distance. It is our inner world creating separation through lies. Theology, when you, when you drill down on theology, it is oneness. The biggest thing that they would memorize in the old covenant was Deuteronomy 6. Hear, O Israel, the Lord your God, the Lord is one. And you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, your soul, your strength and your mind. And these things, you'll talk about them continually to your kids, to your friends, written on your doorposts as you go in, as you come out. It'll be, you'll have them here on your forehead, on your hand. Oneness. So this is the key to ascension. This is the key to ascended realities and connecting with the invisible dimensions of heaven is you, it says, those who are joined to the Lord are one spirit with Him. So if there's any separation, it is we've created the separation. This is what's really interesting. 
is that, is that we get lost on the inside of us. We get lost on the inside of us. The problem is when there's separation, there's a vacuum and devils jump in. Depression, uncleanness, violence, anger, and so on and so forth. So the separation is not from the Lord. This is key because if you don't understand oneness, you feel that ascension is trespassing. That as an interloper with a spirit of presumption. You know, if wisdom is calling out for, for her children, that is us, how much more are heavenly dimensions? Can someone say amen? So, so, so this calling out, this is why I'm trying to, 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 to make the, the invisible world less abstract and, and, and so much more accessible. And so this is, this is a, a, a game changer. And remember, context is key. Context is key. Let's do John 14. I love this verse. And I'll pray the Father and He'll give you another helper. Now, can you tell me who's, this, who's He talking about here? The Holy Spirit. I'll pray the Father and He will give you another helper that He might abide with you for quite a long time. Forever. And ever. And ever. The Spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees Him nor knows Him. But you know Him for He dwells with you. So the Holy Spirit was with Him. But now He will be in you. Oneness. And then He says this, I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. That is through the Holy Spirit. Okay, I'll read that again. Uh, I will not, go back, oh, the last bit, yep. I will not leave you, another trumpet. I will not leave you as orphans, I will come to you. That whole context is the Holy Spirit. I tell you what, if we don't grasp that Jesus has visited us through the Holy Spirit, that unbelief will keep separation walls intact. If we don't understand that straight after talking with the Holy Spirit, He says, I will come to you. I am sending my spirit to you. Let's read that again. I will not leave you as orphans. That's not like I'll leave you as orphans for a few thousand years and then we'll get it right. The minute Pentecost takes place, the, not just the essence of Jesus, the spirit of God with all power and wisdom actually is sent to us, not just around us, but to live in us. Can someone say amen? You're scaring me. All right. In lieu of knowledge, be bold. Don't be timid. You've got people who know less than us who are gonna do way more. We have to, we have to, we have to shake off that conservative, I'm not talking about political persuasion, I'm talking about, I'm talking about action. God is not a Westerner. He's near Eastern culture. Passion, intensity, single-minded, dove's eyes. Heaven or hell, if the Lord is God, serve Him. Not sit back and we'll see. Because that is what is giving the church in the West a flogging. Because darkness is brazen. I wouldn't say bold, i say brazen. In, in, in lying and stealing and killing. And unless the church is bold, we sort of, mm, see how this folds out? No. If the Lord is God, serve Him. Can someone say amen? So in lieu of knowledge, let's be at least choose to be bold because when they, when they were persecuted, they prayed for boldness, not knowledge. So we're getting their heads up. 
We're getting the heads up. So here, I'm going to read that again. Shika, Bamba. Okay. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Can someone say amen? amen? Spirit of God is in you. The Spirit of Jesus is in you. You know what's really interesting is you've got John walked with Jesus. He saw him on the Mount of Transfiguration. He saw him resurrected. He saw him after the ascension as glorified God. That's why it says Jesus is Lord. Jesus is God. Jesus is Yahweh. Okay? God, therefore, God has given him a name that is above every name, that in the name of Jesus, every knee should bow and every tongue should confess that Jesus is Lord of the glory of God the Father. So John saw him and he saw him resurrected, whereas Paul never saw him in the flesh. Jesus visited Paul spiritually. And yet we all think we need a physical apparition. Well, that's sort of a contradiction, isn't it? <laughs> a physical manifestation. And so here we have, because some of you guys, oh, I know where this is going. No, you don't. You don't know where this is going. Because people are going, I'm going to reserve my amen until I see the uh, benediction at the end. Thank you very much. The doxology. All right, come on, shikabamba. Is it Paul? Was, was arrested by the Lord on the, on the road to Damascus and he changed the world. And yet we want more assurances, more encounters to do less with them because we are stuck in a consumer generation. We actually have to make up our minds. This is why we're, we're in this congregation and beyond, we're so bold in the, in the area of government because we're being governed in a very, very awful way. There has, to be, there has to be a holistic reality where everything's integrated from, from, the, from the prayer closet and the spiritual dimension all the way through to governing. This is why 12 is, is, 12 is, is, is so everywhere, especially in the book of Revelation, all through the Word of God. And so we have here, if you do not believe that Jesus has manifested to you through His Spirit, the wall of separation will be fortified. And so what we wanna do is we wanna blow open the matrix because it needs blowing open because ultimately, ultimate doing comes out of being. And I'll tell you what, God, I just wanna say this, let me be a sound record, God is not enough. He's not enough, He's too much. Most people's experience is not enough because they're thinking and believing the wrong thing. Is we've created these Western, this is the natural, this is the supernatural. It doesn't work that way. When you lay a hold of the Lord, He, inv he invites every single dimension. Every single dimension. Otherwise, we exalt the, some of these things and make them to be something they're not. So here we have, I've gone through a little bit of a list. The Holy Spirit is God. He is one with the Father and the Son. The Holy Spirit is the Spirit of Christ. The Holy Spirit is the Spirit of adoption. The Holy Spirit is our teacher who leads us into all truth. The Holy Spirit is our comforter. The Holy Spirit is a person the Holy Spirit is omnipresent. He is everywhere in the multiverse. The Holy Spirit is every dimension of glory. The Holy Spirit fills the earth and also all of the heavens. And this is what happened, is England on that, in that, that day in 1940, they engaged the realm of the Spirit and God did what He did, but they still physically had to get in physical boats to physically rescue them. And this is what we've got to get right is that the Lord is not just with us, He is in us. Now that should be something quite exciting. This is not like a, a driver's license test. It's, you're going, the Lord lives inside of us. It, it, what it's doing, it reveals how conditioned we've, we've conditioned we've become. You should be going bananas. The God, Christ in you, Christ in us, the hope of glory. Can someone make a noise? 
Felt a bit Dennis Lillyish then. All right, so holy. <laughs> so are we acknowledging this first and then partnering with him? Yongi Cho, the biggest church in history. The Holy Spirit's the senior partner. He's a hopeless pastor. Hopeless. He wanted to kill himself. He was a terrible husband from his own mouth. And he said, Holy Spirit, you're going to have to do, show me how to overcome this crisis. Show me how to overcome. The Spirit of Jesus was manifest to him, in him and around him. We've got the same Spirit, the Spirit of Christ. Hallelujah. You can't build a church of, I don't know what it was at the time, 750,000. Okay. All right, I've just got sacked from the accounting department. All right, so, okay. So we're gonna, now, now, now it actually says, this is what it says. We are no longer, according to 2 Corinthians chapter five, we are no longer to see Jesus according to the natural mind. No longer, we, we, we are forbidden to go, you know, Galilee, he was born there, I believe, I believe. You know, in talking about, you know, Jesus walking the shores off, that's fine, that's a historical reality, but we're not to see Jesus like that anymore. Do you know what it says now? Now the Lord is the Spirit. And where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. That's what the Bible says. So I wanna see some liberty in here. Please. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing like a bit of solicited liberty. Praise the Lord. On the count of three. All right. <laughs> On the count of three, be free. All right. So, <laughs> so now the Lord is the Spirit, Jesus is on the earth. He's with you, he's through you. This is the crazy thing. He's, he's waiting for you to believe. He's waiting for you to yield your inner world and your heart condition. And it says, that to him who believes all things are possible. Let it be according to your faith. This is why ascension is all about Jesus. Ascension is a person. Heaven is a person. A superior dimension of life and joy and power and glory and wisdom. Honour, blessing, riches. And this is what he's calling us to. Because we've been given the most incredible gift, not just salvation, but the Spirit of God and we are neglecting him. We are neglecting him because we're not drilling down on who we are and what we have and we're looking for some future event. We've got to do better. Otherwise we'll be in that cycle of crises and we're faithful, we get delivered and we don't want to bother God anymore. And so this is why it's so exciting. Let me tell you about my Jesus a little bit more. Hallelujah. All right. Let's have a look at this at Colossians chapter one, verses 19 to 20. For it pleased the Father that in Jesus, all the fullness should dwell. And by Jesus to reconcile all things to the Father, by Jesus, whether things on earth or things in heaven, everything's been reconciled. Having made peace through the blood of his cross. Now, let me just... Seriously, let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. Okay. Is <laughs> you go into places and you can feel, you can feel darkness or oppression or, or, or demons or whatever. And so here it says, can you just actually put that back, please? Thank you. 
It says that God has reconciled everything, heaven and earth, everything, all of creation and heaven's been reconciled. How? Through the blood of Jesus. Through the cross, heaven and earth were nailed together. There's no more separation. There's complete peace through the blood of Jesus. Now, this is where it gets interesting, okay? Is that you have a look right now, starting from way before 2020. Yeah, I only have to look at, I think 1973 was the church committee where three letter agencies were invading every tier of the media. And the media has been preaching its own gospel for decades. And preaching a message creates a reality. We just think the spirit realm is gonna happen on its own when God has says, what is man that you are mindfully him, the son of man you've created him. You have put him over the works of your fingers. We just, we, we, we've, we've got to get delivered of this separation, anxiety disorder and engage oneness so we can actually rule as kings and priests because this is why we have to preach the Word, preach the Gospel, actually be as shining lights in a generation of darkness because there's preaching going on. There's preaching. What do you think Albanese's doing? He doesn't even know what he's talking about. Well, no, sorry, he does. He's on script. He's on script. I'm spruiking something I haven't even read. Are you kidding me? And this is how things work, is that we have become so passive as just instruments of consumption where the Lord says, I am giving you charge of the earth, my kids. All of creation is eagerly waiting, not just waiting, but groaning to be redeemed because of the glory in and through the sons of God to not just build churches, but to actually bring a frequency of glory that will change the physical earth, change the weather, change the food. See the nations walk in the light of the glory of the new Jerusalem. But it has to be preached. It's indispensable. So you go, I, I, don't, I don't feel this. It doesn't matter if you feel it. God says it, let God be true and every man a liar. This is why Holy Ghost preaching and evangelism changes the atmosphere. Demons hate it, they're going, shut up, shut up. And you go, no, I'm gonna drill down even more. And this is what, this is what our role is in this time. Our role is to, to proclaim the praises of Him who called, him, called us out of darkness into this marvelous uh, light. So uh, um, there's no separation between creation and heavenly dimensions. And so, but we have to believe it. We have to believe it. Okay, I'm gonna go down to about how, I'm gonna to talk to you about my Jesus a little bit more. Because here's the deal, here's the deal. Is that you go, why are you saying your Jesus? I want you to be jealous. Are you, are you, do you I, I want people to be jealous. Do you know that the Lord's name is jealous? You know, is the Lord can create a multiverse like that. He just speaks. He can do anything, but he can't make his kids love him. <laughs> he can't make you love him. Isn't it interesting? That's the thing he wants more than anything. That's what he wants more than anything. And it's not like he's got a complex about it and he needs a bit of a, bit of a prop up. Is this, he has created us as family. And what you have, what you have, he can do anything at any time, but we need to see our indispensable role in the redemption of the earth. We need to see our indispensable role because the Spirit of God lives in the temple already. Behold, God's tabernacle is with men and He will dwell with them forever. That's a now thing, friends. And rivers of living water flowing out of the temple and trees of life on either side and the, and the leaves of the trees will be for the healing of the nations. So let's do Hebrews chapter one, verses one to three. 
You cannot tell me this is a man in a, in a dimension. This is the Spirit of God, the Spirit of Christ through the multiverse. <coughs> God who at various times and in various ways spoke in times past to the fathers by the prophets has in these last days spoken to us by his son. Uh, uh, Brian's translation, uh, Passion Translation says, in the language of son, whom he has appointed heir of all things. Okay, you ready? Through whom he also made, also he made the worlds. Through Jesus, every dimension in the multiverse was made. Through Jesus. It's incredible. Yep. Who being the brightness of the Father's glory and the express image of his person and upholding all things by the word of his power. When he had by himself purged our sins, sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high and upholding all things by the word of his power. Everything is being held together by the Lord. Everything. If you had 1% too much gravity, 1% less gravity than what we have, you got, you got no creation. This is crazy. I want, this is an invitation today to realise what we already have and to completely give our lives over to it. This is not about, I'm going to be a you know, Christian and, and a stoic and give it a go for the Lord. <laughs> I saw that rubbish. It doesn't work. People burn out. There's no power. One day there'll be revival. Right? I've been in that movie. Hope, we need hope. But it needs to give birth to faith. Otherwise, one day. You had outpouring for five years. Yes, back then. What about now? No, in the future. It's like a mirage. We have to be very, very careful. We've got to understand. When it's describing the Lord, it says, who was and is and is to come. The Lord will keep manifesting. He keeps manifesting. It's not in the distant future. We're just going to make sure that who we are anchored to and who we are in Jesus is so amazing. The only existence we truly have is in Christ, through Christ, in Him, with Him, through Him, for Him. He holds the whole universe together by the word of His power. The Spirit of God is Jesus. Where the, now the Lord is the Spirit and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty, there is freedom. This is exciting, friends, because it stops procrastination. It stops one day. You start laying a hold of praise. Because the Lord's already done a marvellous work. Here we go. Colossians chapter 2, landing the plane-ish. As you therefore have received Christ, Jesus the Lord, so walk in Him. Ah, go back. Go back. These are abstractions. How do you walk in Christ? Do you know what? Right now, the Spirit of God lives in you. Now, if you, especially with the evidence of speaking in tongues, I'd be doing that a lot. This is the season. I'm not saying we're going to have a Dunkirk, but right now, and what happens is that the Lord's in you and He's around you, Christ in you, the hope of glory, the mysteries have been hidden for ages and generations, but it's now been revealed. Don't go, whoa, one day, one day, and you're sitting right on the most hectic treasure chest in eternity, and you're looking out there somewhere, and the Lord goes, no. You have access to the inheritance and fullness now. Can someone say amen? Shikabamba. So what happens, this dimension, Jesus is a person. He's a man. Jesus is a man. He came, the incarnation. He died on the cross. He ascended. He poured out his spirit. 
He is again, he is again omnipresent, omniscient, and omnipotent. Again, he surrendered that at Calvary, he surrendered that the incarnation. He was always God. So now you're not just talking about imitating a man in Galilee, you're talking about a dimension of Jesus in the spirit. That's how you walk in him. You're conscious of him. In him we live and move and have our being. So we can talk about ascension, but what happens is heaven is in Christ. You are connected in Christ. You can ascend all you want because God really, at the end of the day, wants our love, wants our affection. We were created for His good pleasure. We weren't created as an end in ourselves. This is why this orphan spirit has to be destroyed. It has to be destroyed. I've seen, you've got someone who got this. Oh, no, they're okay. They're just a bit insecure. Friends, I've seen insecure, I've seen insecure people destroy churches where people's ministry was their identity. And if it got challenged, if it got, you know, pressured, insecure people change history. We actually have to be founded on the rock. Today is truth bomb after truth bomb. And I don't care the result if it's negative because it's just revealed something. Because friends, I tell you what, we're in a historic time and we can only do it in Christ and not religious back in the day and one day is today in the Holy Ghost. Now the Lord is the Spirit. As therefore you've received Christ Jesus, the Lord, so walk in Him. Rooted and built up in Him and established in the faith as you've been taught, abounding in it in thanksgiving. So everything's in Him now. And this is the last one, uh, um, uh, Ephesians 1.3. Ascension, blessed be the God and Father, our Lord Jesus Christ, who has already blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. Heaven is in Jesus, is in Jesus. Never shrink Jesus down. Remember, God became a man. God became a man. Omnipotent, omniscient, omnipresent God reduced himself to a span. This is mind blowing. The incarnation is mind blowing. And then what's happened, he's returned to the Father and sent his spirit and he's omnipresent again. He's omnipotent again. He's omniscient again. And that's why we're gonna talk about another thing we're gonna do down the, down the track soon. You, you wanna hear this one. It says, in my name, when you ask the Father anything in my name, because we don't know what in his name means. We think it's living our life and then putting a little, little post-it note mess, tag on the end. I want half of it in Jesus' name. That's not in his name at all. Okay, that's, that's a rabbit's foot. That's fingers crossed. That's breaking the wishbone. I understand that God graciously can do that. Otherwise, we'd be, we're doing, uh, otherwise what we're doing is that I'm, gonna, I'm casting out uh, uh, this spirit in the name of Jesus whom Paul preaches. We have to know what it is to be in him and to be obsessed. Now, I, I, this is, this is, I'm a witness to this, right? I've been uh, uh, maybe 35 years in the Lord, 35 years in the Lord. I didn't know it was possible to grow like I have the last year. My trajectory is so steep. You know, I want you to be encouraged. You could grow. I, let's, not, let's not take for granted or dismiss hard yards, foundational work and plowing, okay? So that's granted. But especially you older folk, seriously, is this. Be encouraged, you could grow more in one year 
than the previous 20 years. Can someone say amen? You can. I'll tell you why. Because of God. Because of God. Because this is what I'm seeing. I've never been hungry for the Lord. I've never been more excited. I've never been filled with so much faith. I'm always doing things I can't do. It's not about me. It's about Him. And Paul said that I would know Him. I've, none of this counts that I would know Him. You want heavenly encounters? You hang out with Jesus and realise He's not out there. He's in here. He's with you. Christ in you, the hope of glory through His Spirit. Don't make it a one day. One day is it never comes. Tomorrow is a construct. Tomorrow is a construct. It hasn't happened. It hasn't happened. Yes, hope's amazing. It's a cardinal virtue. But I tell you what, here we go. We're going to finish with this. Philippians 3. Now, this is Paul. This is Paul. Not that I've already... I have already attained or I'm already perfected. This is the guy I taught righteousness by, by, by faith and grace. Paul said, I'm not perfected. But I press on that I may lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus has also laid a hold of me. Brethren, I do not count myself as apprehended, but, apprehended, but one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead, I press towards the goal of the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Therefore, let us, as many as are mature, have this mind. And if in anything you think otherwise, God will reveal even this to you. I tell you what, the deeper you go into Jesus, the higher you ascend. Ascension is a person, it's also a place. Let us not exalt the place above the person. Let's not go after. I have, when I was younger, I actually really wanted to encounter what I would call the supernatural. And that was my desire to have an experience. But I realised not necessarily all the time it was Christ-centred. You cannot go wrong. Jesus is Lord. He's our Saviour. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. Can we just start to thank Him? Can we just start to thank Him? I understand there's a little bit of a, it's a bit of a ghostiness in here today, but not Holy Ghost. It's a bit, bit, people a bit freaked out or a bit. We got we got to break. You know, let me just say something. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. Is this? There is a generation of zombies at the moment. Don't be one. Don't be one. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Come on, can you just lift your voice to the Lord? Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. I don't care how difficult your situation is, everything is easy for God. But if you don't praise Him, if you don't speak His name, if you don't, if you don't talk about His goodness, it's, it gets locked up on the inside. I didn't tell you to stop. <laughs> I've only got about 10 seconds in me. All right, so can we just praise the Lord a bit longer? Like way longer? Can we? Use your mouth. Use your mouth. Holy. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. We're just so grateful. We thank you. Awake, O sleeper, and Christ will give you rest. Awake, O sleeper, and Christ will give you rest. We thank you for a spirit of resurrection, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We will not be part of a zombie generation.